0: Hey everybody, welcome to Innovation Tech Talks. I'm your host, Charles Warner, editor in chief of the award-winning publication, Innovation and Tech Today. Our guest, we have a very special guest today. It's Gary Shapiro. He's the president and CEO of the Consumer Technology Association, uh, the US Trade Association representing more than 2,200 consumer technology companies, which owns and produces CES. The global stage for innovation. If you guys don't know about CES, it is the big granddaddy of them all, the mother of all trade shows, the the gold standard. It truly is the big behemoth of all trade shows. I think it's the largest trade show in the world. And he is here to talk to us about CES 2021, the future of events, 5G networks, and much, much more. Welcome to the show, Gary Shapiro. Gary, it's always a pleasure. You know, we are one of the biggest uh, fans of CES here at Innovation and Tech Today. We've been covering it for a long time. We've been partners with you guys, um, so we are really, really excited to see how this is going to roll out this year during all these crazy times. Um, so it's really good to have a, a chance to talk to you. Um, but let me ask you: Is this the most interesting CES you've had to uh, you've had to plan out? <laughs> I'm trying to use a cool word, like not challenging or, but, you know, just interesting uh, as far as the logistics. It's kind of like my marriage is
1: never boring. Um, That's what my wife says. She never wanted to be bored. And every time like stuff happens, I said, at least you're not bored. So (laughs) we're not bored. Um, Now this is a opportunity actually to focus on what it is that people want from CES and get out of it and how we could do our job of bringing innovation to our industry into the world. And that's essentially what we do is we create the uh, forum for that. The the forum this next one in January will be digital. It will not be physical. Um, So that that allowed us to do things we've never been able to like even think of doing before, like change the dates without dealing (laughs) with enough, a hundred hotels and convention centers and plan out 40 years. Um, It allowed us to uh, offer exhibitors an experience where they could um, show what they want to be shown in a format that they could think about ahead of time and control it more. Frankly, uh, it allowed us to serve the thousands of not tens of thousands of people who want to go to CES physically but can't, and we could reach new audiences quite frankly easily. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it gives us opportunity, but but you know we still are believe in events are face-to-face physical experience. And we don't want to oversell what we're doing. I mean, we're we're trying to take the flat screen and turn it into an interesting opportunity to do what you do at CES and also benefit from example, from serendipity. You know, the chance, how do you learn about what you don't even know about? Well, it's chance exposure. I mean, will be, obviously people will be able to keyword search, but we're also hoping that they'll explore as they, do when they wander aisles in a physical CES. We won't have virtual aisles, but we will have opportunities and compelling offerings and different things that are going on at the same time. And there'll be enough there, and we'll have a survival after CES. Now we've been shifting digitally the last couple of years with some of the keynotes, but now this is what we're offering essentially, both people that want to experience CES and the companies that are exhibiting, is the opportunity to live beyond CES in a platform which is vibrant, which allows them to connect with companies, which allows them to do all sorts of things. So we'll still have some of the things that, that people love and rely upon, like our innovations, um, uh, contests, or challenge, or whatever we call it. Innovations, winners, and awards. Um, and we've seen great interest in that. And we'll obviously be having keynote speakers. We've announced some, you know, the top speakers like. Mary Barrett GM and Hans Vesberg of Verizon will be talking about 5G and Lisa Sue of AMD, who's like constantly in the news lately, and she is so passionate about CES. Uh, but she she's excited. Um, <laughs> and all those invitations were made before we made the decision, but all three, you know, said, look, we want to stay and do this. This is this is a different type of opportunity. And then we're planning for obviously for CS22. 2022 we're very that's tough to say 2022 we're hopeful for Made a my heart um, skip a beat there gary <laughs> that's like 20 no, i mean we're, we're planning on a hybrid event and that's yeah. that, so we'll take the, everything that worked really well digitally we'll expand we'll add we'll think it out and then we we are already um drawing the floor plan and taking reservations from literally hundreds of exhibitors already for january in las vegas and ces 2022
0: that's, that's incredible. And, and I mean, I always consider CES kind of the gold standard of, uh, of, of, you know, events, conferences, you know, technology. I mean, it's kind of everything. You're kind of the, you know, sort of the granddaddy of them all. And, um, have you got a chance to check out some of the other, you know, events that have gone virtual? Have you got to kind of poke around and see, um, you know, any other, uh, uh, virtual events just, um, you know, that, that are out there?
1: Well, I have, our team has, they've looked at a number of some of the corporate presentations, like, you know, for example, what Apple and Microsoft have done, they do Uh amazing jobs. Um, What we couldn't find is anything in the digital world that that came as um, close to our vision of it. There was one, Jamie, help me out here on the name of it. Um,
0: I don't, are you talking about a specific event that happened?
1: Yeah, one of the, um, they're based in Ireland. Collision? Yeah. Yeah. And I was gonna say
0: collision.
1: Collision yeah. has done the best job in my view yeah. of any uh I agree. event show, but and and they're really good. They um, are.
0: Yeah. So. I like those guys and I thought it was, a. I thought it was, you know, I mean, everybody's trying out different things and you know, it's uh, it, like you, like you said, it's kind of a learning experience as you're going, but there were some cool features. They had a, they had a meetup feature um, that where it would link you up with other people based upon your keywords. And it was kind of like a speed dating thing um, to give you that networking sensation. You got like two minutes to talk to them. And, and I talked to people afterwards. They thought that was a cool feature. Um, sometimes at the in-person events, you know, people might be a little shy uh, talking right. to them but in this, in this experience, it was kind of like, Hey, you got two minutes, you know, find out what you can do. So yeah, I think, I think some of the virtual events, you know, there are some things that you can do, um, you know, maybe reach a wider audience or some things that are harder to do in person, but you're right. You know, well, we all love the in-person events. We love the networking. We love the kind of being able to see and touch the technology. And I don't think that'll ever, you know, that'll ever go away. But, um, so let me ask you this. Uh, we've got some technologies that are going to be coming to the forefront here. I can't uh, turn on the TV or anything without hearing about 5G uh, right now. So can you talk a little bit about um, what you're excited to see? And and more importantly, how big is 5G compared to past CESs where there were big technologies breaking in your opinion?
1: Well, to me, the 5G is like 4G 10 years ago or 3G 20 years ago or, Two G, thirty years. Every yeah. ten years, yeah. There's been a new G, and it almost follows a pattern. It's definitely better technically. It uh-huh. allows faster everything, lower latency, bigger bandwidth, and more things to do with your simultaneous. At the same time, every ten years, like you know, the the content grows to the requires that leap. I mean, now with online gaming platforms, with medical, what you need for real-time surgery if you even if you're doing it remotely for so many uses of 5g there's that opportunity there and there's always some skepticism and mm-hmm. then it just becomes you don't call it 4g i mean wh- whoever says anything about 4g unless you're talking about 5g yeah or the only thing you might say is wow it looks like they have 3g like if you don't have a good <laughs> zoom signal so yeah. it's um we're pressing the limits of our systems i mean actually the truth is I see, even with our own staff, you know, I make fun of where they live sometimes because they don't have a good, You they, they, they can't use Zoom. I mean, it's sad, they have to call in. Yeah. You're seeing the haves and haves nuts. I mean, 5G, it's not only 5G to me, it's also connection with the next form of Wi-Fi. You have to, and also you have to recognize that 5G is great in an urban and probably suburban environment, but in a rural environment, it's gonna be a while. It takes mm. a lot of little dishes to make that work. And you're going to need the Wi-Fi. You need other things like Microsoft solution with their, where they use the broadcast unused broadcast spectrum in rural areas. And there's other things. I mean, or or you know, fiber, like with variety, like FiOS to me, I have in Washington D.C. and I don't have in Detroit where I live, and I I miss it.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So I, mean, I have Comcast here in Detroit. Um, not that there's anything wrong with Comcast, but it's not <laughs> FiOS. Right. Um, that's why I'm always
0: excited when we have Verizon speaking because I'm a, I'm a fanboy. Yeah. No, it's, 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 it's true. It's, uh, you know, the CES is the place where all this stuff debuts and, you know, even people that are just casual observers of tech, they know, you know, that there's going to be all kinds of new cool things coming out. Um, So besides 5G, is it safe to assume that telehealth is going to be really important just given, you know, kind of the current situation. And again, you know, sometimes innovation is, uh, is, is, is created out of necessity or you know sped up due to necessity um what do you think about the uh the telehealth situation
1: well just to close up 5g you know having uh verizon keynote with announcements they're going to make i don't know what they are where they said they're going to make announcements and they're, they're really they're going all out on this and taking it really seriously it's going to be pretty interesting to see and obviously other companies involved in 5g products, the applications, et cetera, it, it's going to be big. Um, telehealth is beyond big. Um, you know, it's been growing every year mm-hmm. slowly and uh, there, and we've been involved and engaged in it. We, we've done a lot working with uh, creating our own little entity at CTA on it and doing all sorts of studies and getting everyone to agree on things like privacy for wearable devices and how you measure steps and how you measure sleep and how you measure brain activity all these things we've been actually accomplishing or in process of accomplishing, it's, uh, it's pretty exciting. And the telehealth is, um, I'll just make it personal. Uh, my wife is a doctor, uh-huh. she was practicing and got COVID as a doctor in March. Oh. Um, and she, she kept practicing wearing a mask because she wasn't sick enough. Well, she was sick for like almost nothing, like tired and fever and she couldn't smell for a few weeks. And that's how oh, she knew. Wow. she had, it was a lack of smell. And she's written an article or two about COVID and become affiliated with the COVID antibody testing company. But she, tomorrow she'll be here at home with me um, seeing 30 telehealth patients and she's presenting on it. In fact, if you want to see a cool video, I'm happy to share one with you of my, um, how she does telehealth and I'm the star of the video. I, I play a guy who's like 85 years old. It's actually only three <laughs> minutes. I would fun.
0: love to see that. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's really cool. Have you seen that
1: video? no no i was asking jamie if she's still there listening
0: i am I, I haven't seen it you said it's on facebook but then you have to be facebook friends with me
1: well that would be your burden oh of
0: okay i see
1: if i'm the employee <laughs> no, i don't okay. i never i never ask employees to be facebook friends they have to request me because i don't want that pressure That's okay. yeah that's a, yeah, that's really a lot of pressure this, Gary. I, <laughs> give you the, I, I will send you both um the the link to okay you. i'll uh,
0: uh I'll, i don't it's, it's okay it's, Good it's good to know the rules.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it, and it has extras. It has a, it. has a three-camera shoot. It has like all this stuff. I had to change my clothing, like, and I did it all like on a Friday night and Saturday morning. But my wife just didn't tell me what I. She just said I had to show up, and she tell me what to do, and I did it. You're cranking out content. You, That's awesome. The first video of hers that I <laughs> Anyway, the bottom line is that telehealth is huge. Yeah in a big way it's it's there's so many different applications now for it and it's definitely um the statistics are overwhelming in terms of how quickly we've shifted to it and it's it's green yeah it's something which patients absolutely love by every survey I mean my wife's patients that I've heard them actually consistent with HIPAA no I mean they they're, <laughs> they're writing things under her doctor ratings now about it um it's just it's just and I've, we also convened a group of um in that area we've convened various groups about technology and health and, and listening to some of the presentations and our member phone calls from the insurance because we've engaged the insurance companies we've engaged the arp we've engaged the american medical association engaged all these people and and the, the numbers are overwhelming the patient delight is overwhelming the doctor delight is overwhelming you know you don't have to wait in a crowded patient waiting room doctors now are facing this dilemma do they increase the size of their waiting rooms to allow social distancing it's a huge cost for them Patients don't want to go. into I mean, there's so many reasons this makes sense that yeah. it's a permanent thing. And if you think about what COVID has done to technology in a bigger picture way, beyond even telehealth, is they've taken technologies we've been talking about, like wearable monitors and things like that, mm-hmm. and they've gone, or, or drones, or self-driving cars, or robotics, all those are now, they've gone to be like, yeah, this is great. Let's experiment. Let's, it's going to come at some point in the future to why can't we have it now because this way, the human interaction, the risk of disease transmission, the all the things, you know, I'm, a large pop, percent of the population is considered vulnerable with a comorbidity right. for COVID, and and they're 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 shut-ins, and mm-hmm. this allows safety for them. And yeah. the Self-driving cars, especially like that, has to accelerate now. So. This is a permanent change in society. The other thing is telework, obviously, which is another thing that's totally exploded in terms of popularity. It's people are going to be, you know, working, living where they want and working. Yeah, Not everybody. I mean, you still have people that will be serving or, or uh-huh. at retail or, you know, all sorts of things. But the reality is, is it's opened up where people live we were about to issue a document, you know, using old UN data on how everyone's moving to cities. And I was like, why are we issuing this? I mean, and stating as a fact, why do you think people are gonna keep moving to cities? Um, That's right.
0: They used there to be, they would go there for fundamental jobs.
1: changes because of COVID, yeah. it'll affect our industry, it'll affect work. And we're providing all the solutions. I mean, imagine if we did not have the technology we have today, mm-hmm. we didn't have it 20 or 30 years ago. We had COVID 20 or 30 years ago. What would we have done? I think probably would have just sucked it up and all gotten sick and a lot of us would have died. I mean, I
0: don't know. Yeah. I couldn't even imagine. Wow, that's a good point. I couldn't even imagine, you know, 30 years ago going through this with no internet, with no, you know, smartphones. That would have been, I think it would have been a lot worse. I mean, honestly, it would have been, it would have been stressful. Yeah, it would have been. I
1: mean, yeah, I mean, like, there's three months there where I wouldn't even look at like, you know, magazines, like we would wait for the or newspaper, the daily newspaper, especially. We wait for the, you know, the germs to die. Yeah. Touch it. Yeah. yeah. I'm over that now um, because now we know it's mostly air transmitted, not physical, but the bottom line of it is, is it 40 years ago, you, you know, when you had your choice of three networks,
0: mm-hmm. I guess you read a lot of books. Yeah, it's true. You
1: wouldn't, I mean, we would have like, what's, how would they have school?
0: Yeah. And that's another thing. So, so uh, medicine has changed, work has changed, um, learning. You know, we've we've also found that you know, and and there's always been, you know, debate about, you know, learning what's the best form of education and things like that. But now we really stress test learning. I've got an eight-year-old daughter and she has a tight schedule of all online learning and they just went back to regular schools. So it was interesting to see how she adapted. And remember, you know, her generation, they've been on screens their whole, their whole life, you know, so it's not as, I don't think it was hard for them to pick up, but they really, those teachers had a a tough job to figure out how to effectively teach those kids. And it was different because last year they knew the kids and then they went home and they still knew them and they were learning from home. This year they had to start with a brand new class of kids they didn't even know and teach them completely Mm -hmm. remote. So I think that's an interesting dynamic through all of this that um, you know how we learn and how we educate is also... Out on the table, you know, as far Absolutely. as what's going to work best, and technology plays a big part of that.
1: Yeah, we have a twelve-year-old and eight-year-old, and and you know, the spring was challenging to put it politely. Yeah, uh, because <laughs> you know the teachers were thrown into this situation, and it it was not a satisfying experience for anybody. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year, our kids are back in school, and and they're much more appreciative of it. Of, you yeah, know, even when I pick my son up from school, like I give him a few minutes to run around with his friends, just. Yeah. It's so important to them. I mean, it's like, I'm taking like water away from a person who's dying of <laughs> thirst. You know, he's just so appreciative of it.
0: So, it's, but the it, it's like, you know, hopefully
1: it'll last that they stay in school. And I saw the Wall Street Journal headline I haven't read today about the risk to kids is very low. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I, I'm glad the schools seem to be the ones that are open. I haven't heard of too many closures.
0: we yeah. especially young kids. I mean, the transmission yeah. is so much lower. Yeah. yeah, I'm in Denver, uh, Colorado. And so they had some schools that, that were hybrid. They had some, um, I have a son in Florida and I believe they gave them the choice. And uh, I know um, I've got a nephew who's in college. He goes to Gonzaga and it was the same thing. So they said, look, you can come to in-person classes or you can do virtual, you know? So I, I, I'm just but impressed.
1: the same thing. But yeah, what we I'm- found in my kid's school is the, the, the virtual ones. I'm mm-hmm. back saying, we're, we're coming. And they're getting over it, and they're, yeah. You know, it might be a health issue. Some of it might be the parents that are concerned. I think they're just realizing it's not the disaster it could have been. And it's, yeah,
0: it's, yeah.
1: I think and the I, and entire th- schools, you know, I don't know how many kids are, but I think one kid might have gotten it now in three weeks, four
0: weeks, five weeks. Well, I, th- I think that's what makes this su- such a, I mean, obviously, this is a this is a challenging time for everybody. It's a global pandemic. We get it. But it's been interesting, I think, to see who steps up Um, from academia to, you know, I mean, even if you look at it, you know, the NBA. You know what they did as far as figuring out how to, you know, uh, track the players because I believe that they had wearables. Um, they figured out, didn't they? Didn't they work with a university and figure out their own uh, fast uh, testing so that they could, you know, um, uh, keep the bubble going? Like it's just very interesting to and see. You know. have
1: to. Say, my my niece, who I remember like changing her diaper, is yeah. uh, responsible for the university. She's an epidemiologist, the first one in in her portion of the family to go. The college and she got her she's an epidemiologist and she's responsible for the entire university of florida and whether or not they open and how they test and what they do and wow the i spent an hour on the phone with her last week she has some real i mean it's, she, they've done well but it's, it's like people have stepped up people have yeah. been doing things they never would have imagined they have to do you're right you're totally right in terms of how people have done different things it's just and the resist and, and then other people haven't done things i mean mm-hmm. you
0: know
1: well, this is going to be recorded, so I won't talk about it, but I just see how my wife's different partners have reacted to this and not stepped up in certain ways or not dealt with the situation or, you know, one of the advantages of telehealth, for example, is that it actually saves the government a lot of money because you can only charge a limited amount. You can't charge for a complex patient for Medicare or Medicaid patients. So it's, um, it's actually cost savings. It's yeah, significant. But there's a lot of things that tell is offering. One of the things we focused on at CTA is we're looking at racial disparities in healthcare and how technology could solve them. We've got this huge coalition we put together to focus on it. And look at it because technology is a great equalizer. I mean you think about how technology equalizes human beings. I mean, you know, anyone with a smartphone now has access to more information than the wealthiest person in the world had twenty years ago. So, you know. It's like incredible. So we're we're doing different things in a in a way where technology is making a difference. And that's what's exciting. And that's what we'll see at CES. We're gonna see a lot of more of that. You know, the, the ones that, that haven't done well are obviously the people in the events business, the restaurants, hotels, airlines. Yeah. People that make women's clothing or lipstick, people that uh or men's clothing and ties. I mean yeah the, the tie company, forget it. I bought a bunch of
0: pocket squares right before the pandemic. And I'm like, what am I going to do with these? <laughs> a,
1: we tried to, figure out, with my family, We tried to, figure out to do all the ties. We're talking about making quilts. You know, we, there must be yeah. some creative person out there who's going to figure out what to do with the surplus ties. It's right. like when we were going to HDTV. I remember speaking for a hotel group that was very skeptical of me. And I said, you got to get rid of all those um, armoires that have four by three aspect ratio. You, they take up too much of the space. We're going to flat screen. You're going to have more space in a hotel room. And they looked at me like, all this money we spent, no way, it's not going to happen. And, <laughs> and so I was trying to brainstorm what you could do with all those armoires. They're, dump, they're literally dumping them for years. Oh, wow. I don't know what happened to them, but it was. Yeah. That's There are things that are going to go away. And, and it could be urban, you know, I know I don't want to knock urban real estate, but you know, New York City and others will still be great for years mm-hmm. and desirable once we get through this and tourists and all that. But, you know, the the advantage of living in the city is not going to be everything it was, frankly. Yeah. I mean, I mean, frankly, and you combine that with some of the, you know, the social issues we've had in the last uh, few months. It's just it's not
0: looking good. You know, it's just and, and it's cost like tough time and cost. You know, you can buy a lot more house. In the suburbs, you know, than you generally can in a, in the center of, of a city or something. So if you can do your job and you can, you know, go to good schools and, you know, still still be able to get to the airport when you need to or something, then, man, I, I do think we're going to see a really big shift here. And, and the technology that's coming through is uh, a lot of that stuff is, is coming right through uh, right through CES. Right through CES. Uh,
1: telehealth, tele, education telework. Mm-hmm. And, and Smart transport cities. Transportation. yeah absolutely smart cities and resiliency something we've been talking about since we we had a board meeting where we got stuck in literally stuck in the fires of california like three or four years ago we were in napa valley and, and and the first clue was the electricity went out in our hotel and then and i realized that i thought it was just my room but it was everybody and then at six in the morning i was like we realized we had nothing there was smoke around us and it was it was it just gave us a focus on resiliency that we talked about and we said we have to do things differently. Um, and also the localism movement, and things like that. And that ties into smart cities. So we have all those things going on and we'll be talking about that at CES.
0: Well, that's great. I can't, I can't wait. And again, we really appreciate you taking some time. Um, any closing thoughts or just, you know, uh, uh to let our audience know about CES or anything else you think, um, you know, they should be uh, excited for, for, uh- well-
1: one of the big advantages this, this is going to offer is that anyone who wants to go to CES and couldn't because of travel or cost mm-hmm. or, you know, now not anyone, but it's it's still a trade event. Mm-hmm. But so, but it will be um, if some if you read some of your readers, I know are very much involved in this, and we literally have millions of employees around the world in our industry, many of which read your publication, um, and they can't. They're just fascinated with innovation they're eligible and you know it's a very we haven't announced the price but it's very reasonable to be participants now in ces uh we will have we're not allowing pure consumers and if you're a consumer not affiliated with a a company that's that's relevant and the consumers will be able to experience ces also in a way they never had through um you know like a broadcast channel if you will, one of the social media channels which we'll be announcing um that's cool So you'll be able to see some of the keynotes some of the things that are available but it's not going to be a the full blown thing will be on the website uh-huh. um, and there'll be options there and keyword searches and streaming. We have a lot of announcements on that coming up in the next X number of days um, about things we're doing and how we're doing it and how we're opening it up and what we're doing.
0: Okay. And a big, big thank you to Gary Shapiro and CES for coming on with us today for Innovation Tech Talks. If you like this episode, please, please make sure that you subscribe, uh, share with your friends and hit the like button. Make sure you tune in next week as we'll have another great guest here on Innovation Tech Talks. This episode of Innovation and Tech Talks is brought to you by Limitless Innovations. Innovative retail products to help simplify, charge, and organize your life. Limitless Innovations offers various cutting-edge products with a philosophy built around quality and superior customer service. Built from collaborations with innovative companies, Limitless Innovations has a range of products available from portable car jump starters to Tiki Tunes, their portable Bluetooth wireless speaker with LED atmospheric lighting. You'll be sure to find something you need to make your life easier and more enjoyable at LimitlessInnovations.com.